Welcome to season two of the Pines and Perspectives podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. This show understands that there is quite a bit of diversity amongst the body of Christ. So we operate according to the motto that certain things are fixed, like the essentials of faith, and the best beer is served on tap, while everything else is just a matter of perspective. What it do, what it do! (laughs) Hi, we're back. Welcome to Pines and Perspectives. Clayton, thank you for that intro. I don't know that the best beer is served on tap. I mean, because some beers are designed for the bottle or for the can. And if, so I, I'm, I'm, refer, I'm referencing the opening. No, I know exactly oh, okay, what you're okay. talking about. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm just not sure it dignified a response. Oh, uh, <laughs> bring back. Clayton. Are you kidding me? Bring. The best beer is absolutely served on tap. Yeah, I just don't know that that's an essential of our faith. That's all I'm saying. Oh, it may not. I, I mean, guess. I don't know. I like it. But I mean, it is true. If I have the option, I'm going to choose beer on tap. I'm going to choose beer on tap. Yeah, the only the only time this is not true is if you're drinking something like Miller Lite or like something that's really a like a well-aged bourbon barrel quad from, you know, the Smokestack series of Boulevard. Um how's that for a f- beer drop yeah, for you? Yeah. 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 You know, aged <laughs> age, age that boy for about 5 years in the cellar, you know? That's f- superior to beer on tap. Yeah, I'm just fair, saying there's fair, there's there's fair, situations. There's situations. Yeah. Okay. Would you say that the majority of time it is true that the majority okay, of beer yes. is best served on tap? Yes. Well, thanks for the clarification of our intro. We're probably just gonna leave that shit like it is, though. <laughs> <laughs> <For sure. laughs> Unless you want to write something better. Nah, bro, I'm a busy man. Uh, that's how I feel. Is okay. this is this the Halloween episode? Happy Halloween. Ooh. We should have worn masks. Yes, we did. I had thought about this. Um, yeah, you did. But you're actually going to learn about our histories of Halloween, and you will learn very quickly why I don't have masks. I but, can't wait. Yeah, but yes, happy Halloween, everyone. Woo! Let's drink some beer, talk about Halloween, yeah. witchcraft, evil, and hell. Witch. Are we talking about beer? Yes, of oh, course. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, Allstad. How do you pronounce that? Cullen bought Alstad? the beer today. Allstad. Uh, I, I literally know, th- know nothing about this beer. Okay, born in Fredericksburg, Texas, immersed in German history, uh, made with only pure Texas hill country water and German hops, malts, and yeast. It is their Oktoberfest, premium German-style beer, rich roasted malts, fine, smooth finish, 5.9 alcohol uh, by volume in a 12-fluid-ounce beautiful glass bottle, um yeah so there's a lot going on on the back of this label that's going to tell me a lot of information that i'm not just going to read but says i should be expecting some caramel sweetness i mean it's an oktoberfest so i think we all know what to expect Um, yeah the fredericksburg element is interesting to me because have you ever been to fredericksburg for sure my guy fredericksburg uh love fredericksburg people in fredericksburg really love making shit from fredericksburg well it's Look, y'all, everything is about economics. It's true. You know, and if the town, it's got a little thing going on there. It does. People in Fredericksburg really like making they, they legacy got, shit from Fredericksburg. They got your wines. They got your yep. peaches. They got your beers. They, they got your are, history. Yeah, yeah They've also got distilleries. And distilleries. That's right. Um, so Go off, Fredericksburg. Don't let him poo-poo on him. your no, parade. No, no, no. I'm not poo-pooing. I had, a great, I had a great vacation in Fredericksburg one time. Um, but... <laughs> 
Uh, it's Halloween. I am interested to see what Fredericksburg puts out with that beer. Yeah, I can't wait to. I, I'm not a, you know, if there's one thing the past few episodes have taught me is that Oktoberfest beers, meh, M-E-H, meh. Yeah. It's okay. It's good. Yeah. I like ales, but. That's kind of how I feel about them, too. I think I like them more than you do, uh, especially since Adam be tripping. He doesn't finish his beer. Oh, my gosh. Uh, trying to get me drunk. <laughs> but, yes. Uh, okay. I have Kugel. Let me talk about Kugel for a hot Comment minute. below. Is that how you pronounce this? This is definitely how you pronounce this. Hey, why haven't you liked, subscribed, or shared this video? It's Halloween. Scare your friends by putting these two faces in their feed. Go ahead. Scare your friends by putting these two faces in their feed. So funny. Um, okay, so Kugel. <laughs> Go off. Made in Wisconsin. Oh, okay. Cheese curds. Uh, JJ yeah, Watts. Uh, Chippewa Falls, okay. Wisconsin. Okay. The pride of Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Well, I don't know of anything else from Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Is that where JJ's from? Uh, I don't know. But I've had three of their beers. Oh, okay. I mean, it's a really old brewery, right? I'm not a fan. Yeah, I'm not either. I have not had a single beer from them that I'm with I enjoyed. You. I'm with you. Uh so, but if and, you want to, and I had one of them. If you want to sponsor us, we're still down. Holla at your boy. And I had one uh, of their beers. I can't remember. It was like a summer yep. beer or something, like a yellow label. Yep. yep. It's got uh, lemon in it, I think. Yep. Trash. The only other beer I've tried that I would rank as zero is what? That one. That yeah. one. That. And the Shiner. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guava Fresca. Yeah, no. Only two beers I would rate as zero. Zero. And I love beer. Broke the charts. Zero. Does not deserve so, to be on the table. So, Wine and Kugel is starting at the bottom of the barrel for me. Now, hey man, it does from, mean they, they only can go up from started here. Started from the bottom, now we're here, man. So, we'll see what's up. So, why did you buy it then? Because it was the only Oktoberfest that the store had that we hadn't tried yet. That's what I figured. We've been through a lot of them. Okay, well, cheers. Cheers, buddy. Bottles. No Oh, see, Line and Kugel be on their bullshit anyways. It was a twist top. Oh, my God. This is excellent. First sip, palate explosion. Not loving the multi finish. Thoughts? It's weak. It's no body, like all their beers. It's 5.1 ABV. Like, I, I guess maybe, maybe I shouldn't expect much, but... <laughs> It's weak. It has no body. It's not full. It it leaves me wanting more. It's like I, I like it has the viscosity of water. Viscosity. Yeah, man. Tell us how you really feel using viscosity. Yeah, it's like yeah, like a four eight. It's terrible. This beer, this beer is excellent. <laughs> Damn it, and Adam! You know why I'm so mad? Because off camera, Adam was like, "Which beer do you want?" And he was like, "I'll give you this one. I'll take the Line and Kugel." I was like, "Take this one for Fredericksburg." And yeah, he did. I'll give you the Fredericksburg. I was like, "Oh, you want the Line and Kugel?" And he was like, "Oh, did you want the Line and Kugel?" I was like, "No, but I was gonna shit on Line and Kugel." And he goes, "Well, shit on Line and Kugel." And he ended it. To me. I was like, "Go ahead, go off." And now he got a great beer. It's a great beer. I mean, we've gone through a lot of different Oktoberfests. And um, this is one of the better ones I've tried. There's been a few that we've had, you know, 
past episodes that were I was not enjoyed. Um, I will give it a six. I will give it a six. It's it's enjoyable. Yeah, go you know Fredericksburg. Atta boy. Yeah. Okay. Halloween. Uh. Tell me about childhood Adam, oh, born Lord. in 19, what, 88? Oh, 87. Good 87. guess, good guess. What year were you born? 1995? 93. 93. Child. Child, uh, yes, child. Ooh, uh, yeah, so tell me, what is little what is 1989? 87, Adam, bro. No, 89, two-year-old, oh. two-year-old Adam oh. Cheney. What's oh. he doing on Halloween? Okay, so like I, when I was born, I'm gonna try to make this quick, but a um, little backstory on Adam's history. Got a great mother, single mother. Uh, I was basically raised by my mom and my maternal grandmother uh, and an aunt. And they, um, so I had a lot of really strong women in my life and they raised me. They weren't particularly religious um, when I was born. And, um, and so like, there wasn't a lot of church attendance. There wasn't a lot of like Christian, you know, worldview or family values or like the stuff that people talk about. Um, I come into the world under not so great circumstances for my mother. My grandmother, uh, plays an instrumental part in taking care of me. We start growing up but at the age of four, I end up talking about wanting to go to church so we go to their childhood church, um, which was a Southern Baptist, uh, like SBC aligned church, uh, historic church in um, the Houston Heights area, and um, and I got nothing but love for that church. But that's where I started, and that, and it was you know the the late eighties, early nineties. So if you know your if you know your evangelical <laughs> history. It was on and popping. Uh, they were the largest denomination, and the 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 mixing of the SBC with right wing conservative politics was already well on its way. Um, and so you had the 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 moral majority, and the culture wars were raging. Uh, I remember growing up in that context, like burning secular CDs and stuff like that. So I, so I give all that backstory to say as when I came into the world, I was doing Halloween. We were going trick or treating. I was a cute little kid walking up and down the street. We started going to church and we're still doing Halloween, Halloween. But then we get like, the more we get Christian, the less we, the more I start to think that Halloween is some like pagan holiday in which people openly worship Satan and sacrifice cats and infants uh on their back lawns to molech it's like a night given over to satanism and yeah, yeah. and the uh, gates of hell open up and yeah. enter the world for one night and like as i grew older and then as i became an adult and got really deep into charismatic christianity like third wave charis third wave pentecostal charismatic christianity um there became this hyper spiritualization of everything in life everything was either like uh, serving the will of Jesus or embodied by some demonic spirit that was out to eat my family's soul. And <laughs> right. It was also always so intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, like, we're all going to burn in hell forever. And I'm married to bail and like all this crazy stuff. And so Halloween was, married to bail. I, look, y'all know, look, it, 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 and Halloween became this, like, if you participate in Halloween, you are a Satan worshiper. If yeah. you knock on your neighbor's door for a miniature Twix, then you have exalted Satan on high. And so I have a child. I have a kid. I'm a pastor. 
And I'm like, we are anti-Halloween. There's nothing good about Halloween. Halloween is the devil's holiday. There is no Christian uh, influence. It is nothing but paganism. It is nothing but scary, evil uh, you know, blood and demons and skeletons. We will not participate. My kids will not participate. And we didn't for a while. Now we don't care. We out there wilding. Turn up. <laughs> Krista and I are going to go as Luann and Buckley from King of the Hill. If I get my crap together, I will probably be Deuce Bigelow. No, we've been talking about this for two years, my guy. So all that to say, all that to say, like I have been on a roller coaster with Halloween, and now I just I'm really excited to put on costumes and see. Like I think I robbed my kids of some experiences uh, early on in their childhood. I mean, now Halloween's a big deal around here now. Over the past three years, um, yeah. So it's been a it's been a journey. How about you? I had two different experiences of Halloween. So a little bit of my background. Um, I was born, as previously stated, in 1993 uh, to two parents who didn't have a pot to piss in. Didn't have uh, a pot to piss in. Uh, they separated when I was nine months old. Right. <clears throat> and so for my entire life, I have lived two households. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I no longer have a relationship with my biological mother. But up through, you know, college, I did. Um, and so on her side, Halloween was openly celebrated. You could do whatever you wanted. Yeah. I was like third grade, had a scream mask yeah. that had like a blood pump. Yeah. I knew. They still sell these things, man. You can still yeah. get them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I knew exactly what that was. And, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you could kind of wild out, do whatever you wanted. Um, and then... On the other side, I had my dad, who was like the Christian side, yeah. the good stable home, um, the parent that I still have a relationship with. And we were poor mm -hmm. and country. Yeah. So we weren't buying candy to give to people. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't really money around for that. Um, I'm not going to hand out free food from my own front door. <laughs> yeah, we were poor. Come we, on, man. That Priorities. Was, yeah, that was, money was tight. Uh, we weren't doing that. We were generous, but we just didn't have it. I love it. I love um, it. I love it. And so, I mean, and we lived out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, it was an old you know, it was a small house on blocks, oil yeah. filled house that had been moved a couple of times and wow. it doesn't even exist anymore. We paid wow. $250 a month for it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Nobody wow. came. Yeah. Um, and then, but we did go to church. Yeah. Right. And the church always had a fall fest. Yeah. I didn't even talk about fall festivals and stuff. Yeah. Which is once again, you know, SBCs and oh, evangelicalism yeah. and the height of all of it. It's called, Satan's it's called holiday. Uh, it's called alternative programming yeah. or alternate programming yeah right? alternate program alternate programming so we would go to the fall fest sometimes and you know for sure whatever you know trunk be or a, treat you yeah we did we treat. i went through some trunk or treats yeah bro uh people you know roll up in their cars and put you know candy in the church parking lot yes. maybe have like games that they do out of the trunk of their car yes. tailgate of their truck we did this when yeah. i was a pastor in riesel we had a huge we had this we had riesel texas's largest trunk or treat Yo, Which, how many trunk or treats are in Riesel, Texas? I mean, there was just us. <laughs> so, yeah, I did the trunk or treat thing, uh, you know, Fall Fest, whatever. And then um, when I started high school, 
we moved to another part of the little town that I grew up in and we grew, we moved to like literally the smack dab center of the town. Oh, so you're like in a population center now. Oh yeah. So now there's like people that are going to do like people, people are going to yeah. knock on the door and people ask are for do stuff. little bitty twigs. And, and we had a little bit more money at this point. So mom will buy candy, whatever. But what I spent my Halloween doing was Brooks. I spent my Halloween on the roof of my house or egging people in trees. You're the worst. Nope. Nope. With my paintball gun. Paintballing people is worse. Literally shooting them. They will always try to come TP my house. Oh my gosh. Oh, so you were defending your homestead. I was defending homestead. my homestead oh from my, my friends trying to TP my house. Wow. So that's why I spent my Halloween doing. That sounds like a um, lot of fun. I got to be honest. Oh, it was a blast. It was a blast. Literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blast. It was a blast. Uh, yeah, absolutely. A lot of fun. So, yeah, that was Halloween for me. And then. So you didn't really have like a religious hang up on it. No, it wasn't really like a thing around our house. I mean, our family was not pro like violence or any of that. Sure. Nobody ever called it Satan or I mean, they Satan's let, they holiday let you or anything like they that. They let you shoot the neighbors as they walked by in the middle of the night with a paintball gun, but they weren't into violence. It wasn't until I went to a <laughs> fundamentalist seminary where yeah. I started hearing like the fundamentalist kids start to talk about this. Right. Right. I, because that was the other thing. None of my family's educated. Okay. Like both of my parents or yeah, my dad and my now stepmom yeah. both went to college. Yeah. They have some college, but they did not graduate. Yeah. And so they're like learned people. Oh, yeah. But they're not studying the history of these things. And they. Sure. We grew up poor. I mean, my dad worked 120 hours a week, mm-hmm. a lot of weeks. So, like, there was not time to just be around reading books. Mm-hmm. This is why I tell people all the time if you have a book in your hand, it probably means you're a person of privilege. Yeah, it's luxury. Uh, and so. Yeah, there wasn't just time to be like sitting around researching this stuff. And right. so my dad was like, he ain't fighting nobody. Like, right. it, it's not a thing. <laughs> he's not like, fighting anyone. Uh, the the yeah. sheriff isn't calling <laughs> yeah, yeah. me. So. He's not on drugs. Like, Halloween is probably the least of my problems right now. Oh, my Lord. Um, and so, no, there Bless. wasn't really like a, a religious hang up until I got to seminary and I yeah. started hearing fundamentalists talk about their hang ups yeah. with Satan and then it being the devil's holiday. And it's like a night where the gates are, uh, gates of hell are opened up and the witchcraft comes out and like demon spirits come, return yeah. to earth. Oh, yeah. Shit. Oh yeah. No, dude, I literally, so did you buy it when they told you that stuff? Like, were you, were you into it? Hell no. Okay. So you, you know, when I was, I did, there was a brief minute in my deconstruction. So when I first began my deconstruction back in 2014, I say that it began when I asked the question, can women preach? Yeah. Yeah. Right. That was the first thing that kind of started it. Two years after that, the end of 2015, beginning of 2016, I read a book by Charles Taylor called oh. The Secular Age. Oh, yeah, this yeah. massive 800-page yes. volume. Yep. And wait, wait, there, wait. How old were you? In, when did you read this? 20... Undergrad? Well, I was 22. <laughs> nice. Go ahead. Um, it's a big volume. <laughs> yeah, it's like 800 pages. It's, or it's not light reading for 22-year-olds. Go ahead. Well, I mean, it's just, it's theology. Though. I got you. I mean, I was graduating two degrees in it. I got you. I got you. I yeah. just read the little handbook volume yeah, by yeah, James yeah, yeah. K.A. Smith. Right. How not to be secular. I've read that one. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> book too. But I was like, well, I think like I have a master's degree in this shit. Like yeah. I should be able to, I should be able to read this book. Oh yeah. And no, so I read sure. it. Um, That book 
Because the premise of his book begins with the foundational, or his book begins with the foundational premise that the ancient world, the ancient biblical world, yeah. was an enchanted worldview. Everything right. was spiritual. Right. And because of we're on this side of modernity, where modernity shifted our philosophical constructs to be about objective truth and being able to prove everything, yeah. we no longer lived in an enchanted world. We lived in a disenchanted world. In that moment, I questioned whether or not I believed the things about Halloween because I was like, you know what? Oh. That's a very valid point because I knew about the dangers of modernity. We learned about that shit, right? Mm. We learned about how bad modernity and being given over to objective truth as the only way, which I think is just a bigger problem of saying that there is only one way, only one right way to do anything. It just leads to but, oppression. Exactly. So like, I already knew about the dangers of modernity and then for... Charles Taylor to put it in this context of like enchanted yeah. versus disenchanted. And I'm going, oh, well, hell yeah. That's exactly what I'm doing is I'm disenchanting Halloween. Got you. I'm got saying you. none of that shit matters. Got you. And so, yeah, for that moment, there was a brief moment where I did question it, but I quickly dismissed that. Huh. Yeah. It's just so interesting. Like, I, I think I've always had this cognitive dissidence of buying into like the spirit realm which is so interesting because most of my theological training, my emphasis theologically has always been on pneumatology. I mean, I've, I have countless volumes right. and have written hundreds, if not thousands of pages on the topic. And I think, I think I realize now post deconstruction that like a lot of that was me trying to wrestle out whether or not I actually believed in it. And so me trying to work out the theological questions that I had. And so Halloween, but, but when you're in like a hyper charismatic, over spiritualized, um, like very prophetic everything has some prophetic meaning to it some some spiritual battle it's happening behind every single you know dude in our community like super bowl scores would have some prophetic meaning right and i think this is why a lot of the uh, charismatic churches bought into QAnon because it's like there's this proclivity to conspiratorial thinking yeah. and over spiritualizing it and a, an elitist we have secret knowledge therefore we are right they are wrong and we are separate from the world right we're in it but not of it so Halloween is this unique moment in time in which we have to take a stand against the darkness do you think it's that or do you think it's the carryover that Western Christianity has that is a Christian Platonistic Gnosticism? Well, say more. What do you, what, how would you? So let me think about how I want to word this, but based on what I can tell, this hodgepodge, this hang up about Halloween is a uniquely American issue. Well, it's uniquely, is it a uniquely American issue? It didn't start in America. Well, it didn't st start in America, but as far as Christian contemporary Christians having some kind of hang up, okay, yeah, yeah, keep going about it. It's an American like phenomenon. White evangelicalism, man. It's exactly like, it's some American and, stuff. Yeah. Well, and I don't exactly know the development throughout history well enough to be able to like pin it. But I do know, you You know, you said it's like the secret knowledge and mm -hmm. this is of the world. The, that's the Gnosticism base. Oh, right? yeah. 100%. This is the escapism. 100%. Base that, it's, a, that, it's a pagan idea. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So Gnosticism is this idea and it's an ancient heresy. Yeah. And most of the New Testament. Uh, can I say that? 
I'll correct the you. The second if you're wrong. half, the second half of the New Testament, meaning the books written in the second half of the New Testament. Let me rephrase. The books that Time are written right. in the second half according to their dating. Chronology. Yeah. Thank you. Acor- yes. The chrono- chronology of them, the second half, um, are combating Gnosticism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the responding Yo- to it. They're yeah, responding the to Gnosticism. The entire Johannine corpus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, uh, is a commentary. Yeah. Yeah. The Gospel of John, all three of the epistles and Revelation, the yeah. entire Johannine compass is battling Gnosticism. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Gnosticism was this heresy that said that I am a spiritual person trapped in this human fleshly body that right. Paul says is bad. Right. And so all material things are bad. Right. So and, we need, and we need to be delivered from them. We need to be delivered from escape them. Escape them. And we do that through some secret knowledge right. of Jesus. Yeah. That sounds like American Western Christianity right there. Well, and then you couple it with the Platonism of the Western uh-huh. world. Say more. So, how how would you how would you uh, articulate that? This is the escapism piece. Gotcha. Because yeah. there's an ideal up there that we have to achieve, right? And right, all right. of this is a distorted reality of the form. It's all just buried. and so I have to do all of these things here. Now, Plato has this idea of like recollection that you're going to go through your shit multiple times down here, and you're going to re- recollect all your memories and knowledge, right. and so you're going to continue to attain that, right? over multiple times as different re- recallings and then you'll be able to achieve the forms. Right. That's not how the like that's not how Christians view it, but the adoption of like the heavenly form mm-hmm. and that being what we have to go to, the leaving this material world, that all comes from Plato and then you couple it with this gnosticism. Yeah, that's good. And then the turn of the century, the 21st century, um in Respond like white evangelicalism in response to the uh, prosperity gospel wrapped therapeutic deism in a tight bow around this this thing and hand delivered a package to all of our doorsteps. Yeah, that's true. And what I mean by therapeutic <laughs> deism, that's good. yeah, yeah. What do you mean by that? I know what you mean, but yeah, yeah go ahead. What I mean by <laughs> that is that deism is this idea that that God is this grand clockmaker. This is the like classic metaphor of deism is that God is this grand clockmaker, And so God created this clock, which is the created world and set it in motion, but does not touch it, does not away. have the power to intervene, chooses it's, not yeah, to. It's running on its own accord. It's running on its own accord. And the most common, like probably the most known deists are the founding fathers. Wait, 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 wait. You mean... They weren't Billy Graham born again Christians? No, not even a little bit. Uh, if you don't believe me, go read Thomas Jefferson's Bible. Thomas Jefferson takes a standard canon and then he makes some edits with scissors. With scissors and literally just starts cutting shit out. Uh, and what does he cut out? The spiritual stuff. Miracles. Yeah. Because God can't intervene in the world. He's a it's deist. a clock. He's a deist. He's a deist. Right. That is not Christian. He was also a so, slave owner. So uh, exactly. F, F. Thomas Jefferson. So in God we trust. Yeah, some God, but not a Christian God. Yeah, right. Be careful, Christian nationalists. Um, yeah. So that's deism. And then the therapeutic piece is that Jesus is a healer and we want you to feel good. And this should be a, an experience where we're like healing your soul. But we're doing it in a performative way, like an objectified way. Like we're going to put this performance on for you. You're going to pay for it. 
because we're going to ask you for money and we're going to forget all of our values and all of our mission and all the things that Jesus told us to do because we're only going to give 9% of our budget <laughs> to actually helping anybody. Tax the church. That was the package that was delivered in the time that you and I were born. I'm telling you, man. And that's why Halloween is shit on. It is, yeah, it is interesting. If you were looking for your history lesson. Well, and there's also just always like this, um, like conservative white evangelical, uh, evangelical Christianity. Again, it's like you have so many qualifiers in America. Um, it always has to have an enemy. It feels like there always has to be something that you're waging war against. Um, and it feels like Halloween is kind of low hanging fruit for folks who are always looking for the enemy to, well, it's an easy one to attach evil to because people get the freedom to dress up and express themselves yeah. however they want, which historically is the enemy of white evangelicalism, right? White evangelicalism is about uniformity. Yeah. Not self-expression, right? Oh, white evangelicalism wants people to do exactly what white evangelicalism wants oh, them to man. do. man, And they're also against eating candy. So, you know, don't be an evangelical. They're against eating candy. Well, because you, can't be well because you can't be fat except for thanksgiving because then every white evangelical me. pastor will make the same joke the sunday after thanksgiving about how much fucking food he ate <laughs> while they're starving people Drag this is literally out. the problem of gluttony is that you consume while other people suffer drag yeah. them how do you feel about I, look, look the episode's getting really long so i'm gonna uh, uh how do you feel about witchcraft Okay, look. Okay, rapid fire is witchcraft. We should talk about witchcraft on hell. Uh, well, it's Halloween. Ooh. Well, but this was just like the introduction okay. to like. There are some people that say Halloween is like the gates of hell opening up for one night, and it's like no, it's not that. L linen Kugel. Linen Kugel. Linen Kugel. Linen Kugel. He hates it, but he drank the whole thing. See you on the next episode of Pints and Perspectives. Whoa. Whoa. Wait. <laughs> you going to shame me? You going to try to shame me out the door? No. Yes. I did drink all of it because I am not committing money for it. Because I'm not committing party fouls like you. Thanks for listening to the Pints and Perspectives podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. Be sure to give us a rating and a review if you enjoyed the episode. It's free and it helps us immensely. Also, feel free to check out our other podcasts.